Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. MJ with you as we talk through some of the big decisions that fantasy footy coaches have of all formats. One thing I promised you at the end of the last episode was this. Coming into this week and for the rest of the 2020 fantasy footy season, there would be more podcasts than you could normally get from the coaches panel. And here we're chatting before the final game of the round, before lockout lifts and we head into round nine, we are chatting through all of the big strategy pieces that we want to help you as a fantasy footy coach to do it. I've got Kane on board. Hello, mate. Hello, MJ. Mate, nice to chat. So, a time of recording, mid-afternoon on a Monday. So maybe by the time you listen to it, Monday's game is one and done for you. Everything's gone great, maybe in your rankings, or maybe it's gone pear-shaped. The key thing is this, regardless of the format you place, from round nine to round 12, we know the fixture. So that's something we haven't known for a long period of time. We now can start to plan our trades and our strategies in place, can't we, Kane? that we now know who's playing who and when they are playing. So regardless of the format you play, you've got three trades a week maximum you can make. The moves you make this week should, I believe, impact the moves you're going to make in round 10, 11, and 12. Yeah, MJ, you're spot on. And I don't think there's ever been a more important time. We mentioned it last week on the podcast, but you've really got to understand your team. Yeah. When are your players playing? It's never been more important to know that. I'm talking emergencies, whether you're loopholing or just trying to get cover because we're not going to get the visibility on teams until 24 hours before the game. That's what the AFL's come out and said. So, for instance, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, that being, we'll get the Doggies in Richmond. Just before the Doggies in Richmond game, I'm talking 50 minutes, MJ we'll get visibility on Melbourne and Port. Yeah. So for the other seven games, we will not have a clue before the Bulldogs-Richmond bounce. I'm talking ins and outs. We haven't even got into players recovering, how yep. they're going to pull up from short breaks. So there's never been a more important time to know when your players are playing Correct. and take advantage of that rolling lockout. And I'm talking giving it as much time as physically possible before you pull the trigger on a trade because there's going to be some horror stories, just the nature of the fixer. There's going to be people who, let's just say, I need enough cash to get, uh, let's pluck out a Clayton Oliver for that Thursday game this week was sensational on the weekend across all formats and he's having a beautiful season by free. Yep. People make a move on Wednesday to get enough cash. Maybe they bring in a Cal Porter and they go up to Clayton Oliver just before that Thursday game, and they, you know, they trade a Curtis Taylor. Next thing you know, uh, a rookie that you were banking on, maybe Isaac Rankin yep. hasn't pulled up great in the Max direct. King in the forward Max line. Max King, and all of a sudden, you've got all these holes. So, ideally, you want to be targeting players that well, you think are obviously there, but the later you can do it, the better. And maybe that means you want to target people later in the round because. Uh, you know, give you some visibility on how your whole team is going. Yep. For instance, are you going to cop a donut because a player was unexpectedly dropped or copped a knock? So that's why I say do a stock take, get everyone in position, and just work out 
what one game by game, what can you lock in? You know, get Bailey Smith in the forward line if you want him in the forward line. Do you need to swing him into the midfield because you think I've got a really deep bench in the forward line mm. so I can at least field someone? As I keep saying, never been more important to understand what your team is made up of. And I'm talking teams, depth. That's where we said those players that aren't playing, it gets really tricky because you're probably yeah. not going to be able to lean upon them in the time that we'll definitely need the most this next month block. The unknowns of what these next four weeks hold for us are massive. Now, in Dream Team and Supercoach, round 10 and 11, you know it's best 18. But the rounds either side of that, it is 22 on the field, if you can get that far. I can see this period of time, starting from Wednesday night, catching coaches out. A specific example, you've given us one there. Here's another. You're a Tim English owner. You're frustrated after a bad score last week. I know he had a massive couple of weeks the way before, but now you're sick of it. And you're like, you know what? That's it. I'm going to go get Brody Grundy. Now, Grundy wasn't great on the weekend. I think it was more just being a bit managed through more than anything else, but he wasn't great. Here's the thing. Wednesday night, are you prepared to pull that trigger on Tim English out of your team, knowing he's named, that it is a full four or five days later in the last game of the round that Collingwood play and you are now running the whole gamut of the weekend through, trading in a bloke, you have no idea if he's even going to play or not. Now, he should. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, Andrew. And I think the player this week that just immediately jumped out is a Jack McRae. Yeah. Because if you want Jack McRae and you have no cash and you need a downgrade... How are you getting it? Who are you going to? You know, and, and how much confidence... Maybe the one that you get some confidence in is Georgie Artis because yeah. you will know if he's named before the, night before. the, before the bounce. Yep. If you want to take a punt and say, oh, I didn't mind, you know, Matthew Ling's game or Ooh. James Bell's game or maybe any of these Brad guys. Brad Close that, maybe has a good one tonight. I don't know. They're all playing on Saturday, MJ. Yeah. Those Geelong rookies, those Sydney rookies. Even some of the Crows and, and Roos rookies are on Saturday as well. So mm. that's where I think it gets really dicey because I think Jack McRae's looked as good as anyone looked last week. But unless you've got an absolute truckload, who are you going to, to you know, go down to to get some cash? I think that's going to be the real tricky part. Yeah. And that's where the coaches that do have a lot of cash in the bank probably have a bit of an edge because they're just going to have to hope that the rookies they've already got stay in. Yeah. And they're just going to have to pick a player. And hopefully for their set, they've got someone they are pretty confident won't play anyway. You know, a McInerney or a Brander type seems to be an obvious one. Yeah. And they're just going to say, you know what, I was going to do this anyway, regardless of if he's named or not, I'll get my premium. But, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really tricky, and that's what I was saying. You just gotta understand your team and just save every move you can. It's For probably long. gonna be a lot of work within that hour. You know, that's six twenty Victorian time when the teams drop. And, yep. You know, give or take an hour before. You're gonna have to have some plans worked out because you're gonna have to be computing a lot of stuff pretty quickly. Yeah, I I think one of the best bits of advice we can give you to navigate these next two weeks before we get to the multi-buys. The buys are, it feels odd to say, they feel easier to navigate because at least we know there's teams that are going to be missing so we can plan and structure around that a little bit more. One of the best bits of advice I could give you to navigate these next two weeks is look at the fixture and at the same time identify the targets, both the upgrades and the downgrades you need to make or that you want to make 
And then what is the timing and your backup plans for that? If you want to get Jack McRae in this week, okay, a tailor down to Georgiatis makes sense. Next week, the Bulldogs, first cab off the rank again. They play Monday night against Port Adelaide. However, you're going to be waiting a little bit longer uh, right up until Friday night for the Giants and the Bombers game. Is there a player that's going to be in that game that you're going to need that's going to get you there? And so that's that thing. Know who's playing when. What are the players you are targeting? And then if for whatever reason those plans don't work out, what's your backup plan? Because some coaches are going to get stung, aren't they, Kane? Yeah, absolutely, MJ. And the other important thing is don't burn any emergencies that you don't need to. What do you mean by that? Well, I think in previous weeks, before he played last round, Darcy Cameron, a lot of people just left the emergency on him. Yep. Even if they didn't need it. And what I mean by that is just say you got Gorn and Grundy. Yep. Gorn's already played before a Collingwood game, for instance. And you know Grundy's going to play. So there is no reason to have an emergency on Darcy Cameron because he will not play. He will not be able to help you that week. If you hold that emergency, and let's just say you're a loopholing in the back line. Sure. So you've got Trent Rivers on the field who's not playing. You've got Will Hamill in defence as well who's playing, and you love what Will Hamill did, so you want to take that score. But let's just say you've got a late out in defence. If you haven't burned that emergency, you can easily leave that emergency on another player, and then you've got a loophole player and the premium that hasn't played, let's say, mm. and you've also maybe put an emergency on McPherson. So you, you've covered yourself because you've got that laid out and you haven't wasted it on someone that actually wasn't going to be able to cover. Like, I just think all those little things can save you 30 to 40 to 50 points throughout the year because there's going to be a lot of players in there that are just given to the absolute last second. We've just seen Scott Pendlebury, Mm. who was about as late a withdrawal (laughs) as you can get. He could miss up to four matches now with the condensed fixture and the nature of his quad strain. So Mm. doing little things like that as I said, in that instance, if you know you've got Brody Grundy playing, even if Darcy Cameron is, he's, he's not going to come on and be an emergency for you if no. Carnage hit. And Ruckline is the one where you usually, you can hold it. The yep. midfield, you know, there can be all sorts of stuff that happens. And if you just have that up your sleeve, you can just, as I said, 30 to 40 points might not sound like a lot, but if that happens a couple of times throughout the year, and it usually where it hurts people is they want to take the captain's score. Yes. So they leave that player intentionally on the field as a zero. Yeah. And it, and then these these things can start to happen really quickly, especially if you're not on your phone constantly, MJ, because there's still going to be small windows between games at times. Yeah. So it is easy to get caught out. Um, I think the thing you said earlier is perfect. You do have to plan. And we've got a lot of information, not just in – you know, who's got the round 10 by, who's got the round 11 by. But we know how prices work. You know, there's guys like Tom Stewart who'll play tonight and Mitch Duncan yeah. who both have injury-affected games. So we're, everyone should be eyeing them off mm. come round 10. You know, and maybe even to fit in your plans, you might realise, you know what? I might have to bring one of them in next week. Early. It, it, it might not be, you know, bottom, bottom price, but it might fit your structure that they're undervalued already yeah. due to the initial injury score. And this keeps me going the way I want to tick over because I just keep finding it really hard to see with any confidence the rookies because yeah. the timing of it, it's just going to be really hard to know who's in and who's out of teams. 
And we've heard coaches talk about it even over this past weekend. A number of things. Coaches have been very, very um, outspoken this weekend of a lot of footballing issues, but almost every club unanimously has have said we are going to need to expose more of our squad over these next four to five weeks while certainly trying to get four points, while certainly trying to get our best team on the field as best we can. It will mean predominantly two things. The older players and the younger players predominantly will need to be rested and not play. But as we even saw um, Sunday night against the West Coast Eagles, you can't tell me Brody Grundy, like he got outplayed, but you cannot tell me he did not get managed through that game. MJ, that's exactly what I think is going to happen more than people think of pure resting. And what I mean by that is Grundy had a quiet game. First half in particular, he just couldn't get near the ball. And we know what a superstar he is. The Eagles blew the game apart in the second and third quarter. And it was evident by the fourth quarter, Brody Gundy just started in the forward line. He came into the ruck a few times, Hmm. but he was actually playing Darcy Cameron's role. They'd completely switched. He he was the pinch hitter. And very clearly, and smartly by Collingwood, they weren't going to win that game. They just weren't. And and, and on the flip side, if you looked at Natanui's time on ground, he was under 60%. So they equally took that opportunity to go, we've got the game won. Yeah, pull the back. the game one. Nick has more than done his job. Let's give him a rest. And Collingwood yeah. on the flip side said, well, we're not going to come back and win this. We need to start preparing for next week. So that's where I think we have to bring our vice captaincy scores down. Yeah. I think we have to expect that, you know, maybe especially in Supercoach where you've got the likes of Gorn and Neil who are, you know, producing massive scores on a regular basis. But I think we might just have to bring that down a peg because if a result goes lopsided in one direction mm. this sort of stuff will happen yeah because if you look at enough teams and angus brazier is a good example he's playing low 60 percent time on ground if mm. the game was won it's not inconceivable to think you know maybe viney gets that rest if he's just sore or tired or you know just the management of players and he sits out at the end of a game yeah so, like, so there there will be these sort of things where i'm almost calling them in-game restings i feel is more more likely to be the case yeah, and as a result, MJ, it's going to have a massive impact on price of players. Yeah, because there will be some scores where a player is just put on ice, not because of an injury, but just because, Managed as I said, through. the game may be you know won or lost beyond repair. Yeah, that they just coaches say, hey, we just got to be smart. Yeah, we, we move on to next week. That's we don't right. care about fantasy, unfortunately, and no. um, especially the superstars. You know, we've seen a Marcus Bontempelli in a few past weeks him sort of sit out those latter parts of the game because of that reason the game was in the back yeah does that mean certain there are certain clubs as you look through the next month of the fixture become really helpful for us yes we know Essendon and Melbourne are beneficial because in dream team and super coach they're going to play the whole way through even through the multi-buys um for AFL fantasy um if your team is off their average is going to count. There's a whole set of strategies we can talk about as we get closer to the buys through there but just purely looking at the fixture do there certain clubs have a lot of those first game or twos in them? I'm, I'm specifically talking about the Western Bulldogs, Richmond, Port Adelaide, and to a lesser extent Brisbane, but definitely those Port Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, and Richmond over these next three weeks, they always feature those three teams in the first two games. 
The Bulldogs and Richmond opening up this week. Port Adelaide and Melbourne are the second one. Port Adelaide and the Western Bulldogs, then Brisbane and Richmond in round 10. Then Port Adelaide and Richmond and Brisbane and the Western Bulldogs are the first two games of round 11. And then round uh, 12, Sydney, GWS, Geelong and Port Adelaide. Well, MJ, I will say it makes it easier to trade them in. Yes. Because you're going to have complete visibility on if they're playing or not. You know, you're going to be able to know, okay, well, at least they're playing. You know, you might... You might want to upgrade, uh, let's pluck out a name that's probably, you know, maybe if you've got Vandermeer, yep. you want to upgrade Vandermeer. Well, it's a bit risky if I want to upgrade to a team that's playing later in the week, like, a, you know, I want to take them to Hugh Greenwood. Mm. Well, Hugh Greenwood game's two to three days away. Yeah. You know, I'm more inclined to go, well, hey, I can see that Jack McRae is going to play tonight. I can see that Bailey Smith's going to play tonight because I can wait right until the game starts to know that. Mm. So I feel like if, if I'm a fan, I'm more inclined to trade in a Port, a Bulldogs, a Richmond, those teams that are playing early, yeah. just because I have that visibility. I don't know what's going to happen on teams in a day or two's time. So I feel like those players naturally have an advantage. Because on the flip side, let's just say something does happen to Lockie Neal mm. and he cops a knock and they give him a rest. Well, at least you know on Monday, yeah. MJ, you've got the whole time to react afterwards. So when I look at the, the fixture, if I had a choice now, I'd be more inclined to pick those guys because I'll have that security around with their playing or not. As I said, if Neil is out, at least I know and yeah. I have a full array of options. If that's the last game of the fixture, you know, let's jump forward and say that next week it's a Gold Coast Giants game yeah. and I want to bring in Josh Kelly. Well, I might have to make the decision on Thursday and we know a guy like Josh Kelly with his body and the way things get, he it's gets true. managed and Giants get managed. Am I really going to feel comfortable picking Kelly when I know that Jack McRae in 20 minutes' time is about to play a game? Yeah. So I feel like the players that play early in the round, people will be naturally drawn to just for that security. You know, as I said, whether it's whether they play or not, because if you know someone's not playing and they're a premium, well, at least you can put them on the bench and get an extra player on and save that emergency. Whereas, yeah. as I said, as the round... on you know, rolls on. We're talking about five-day rounds now, mm. MJ. You know, we've, we're talking about five-day rounds in round nine, 10, 11, and 12. We're accustomed to three. We've got, we've got used to four this year with Thursday night footy becoming a staple. Yeah. We're making decisions way further in advance than most super coaches have experienced. You know, we're very used to wait for Thursday. Here's your teams. Friday afternoon, we get the Sunday squads finalised. We've got all the information before Friday night footy kicks off. Just not the case anymore. And, yeah, I feel like people will be naturally lured to players just because they know they're there. Yes. You start getting into who's more likely to rest. Well, then you start having to really dive in because West Coast is a club that I find super fascinating. Mm. They've got barely any travel through this next chunk of games. Yeah. Yet the makeup of their list and what I've seen them do over time they are very cautious with their experienced players. You know, yeah. they, they are very confident that, yeah, we can give Shuey an extra week. We can give Shuey a quarter, half a quarter off. We can give Nick Nat, you know, a quarter off, yeah. Shannon Hearn. They're very confident that they will still be ultra competitive. And one person playing or not is not going to decide their result, especially at home in front of that crowd and yeah. on watch yesterday's game. They're not going to be adverse to resting players. No. You know, that's just not... That's just the way they're built and structured 
and they're very confident as a club that we're not going to be reactive or we need to get him up. Unfortunately, what we've seen North Melbourne do, is and they've been burned on the other side with the Cunnington Zeeble. We need to get these guys up. We need to get that win. And it's really hurt them as a club and the players, unfortunately, going down in the early part of the game. So, again, Collingwood, that's a big decision, MJ, at the last minute to pull your captain off the ground. Yeah. And clearly it's been a smart one because he's ruled out for a few weeks anyway. So they might have saved, instead of missing six games, Pendles might just miss two. Yeah. We know the Giants have a history. You know, teams like Melbourne, it, it's not really in their makeup. And the star players in the team, you look at the bracket of their mm. age, Viney's had some issues in the past, but a lot of those, as people know, were long-term foot injuries that he just couldn't get right. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of past worrying about him in that sense. He's sure. not a sort of a soft tissue guy. Clayton Oliver's in his prime. Dawn's in his prime. Petrarca's in his prime. Like It's about finding the players that we're going to target as fantasy coaches. Yeah. See, a Duncan and a Stewart is an interesting one because they're both off injuries, albeit you know Stewart with a contact injury in his shoulder and Duncan a hamstring. Yeah. You know, how are they going to go? They might be by three, but Geelong, you know, they've made six changes for tonight's game. Yeah. They they have no problem managing play. None. You know, whether it's Jack Steven, I wouldn't think a Dangerfield would be, but you don't know with these types of breaks. So, Well, Dangerfield's yeah. like the kind of guy that's more likely to get grundied in terms of, oh, we're just going to put him yeah. forward put for him a half. Line. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the type of thing, MJ, that has... You know, and, and we're still processing it as we have this conversation. And yeah, my, yeah, my gut feel is, and and I and I get it too, as just being risk averse. Is if I can lock in a premium who I know is playing, and yeah. it's fifty. I'm not talking about Lockie Neal or you know Jack Zebel. I'm talking about when you're thinking like for like, yeah, and you're thinking similar price, similar scoring. Am I Jack McRae? Am I Josh Kelly? Well, I know McRae's playing tonight, and I don't know about Kelly, so I'll just take McRae. Like, I get that yep, totally. logic. I, I totally get that. But, yeah, Dangerfield is a great example for someone that, and again, it's hard to say these type of things because you just never know. But, yes, he has the propensity that if Geelong's up by six goals or down by six goals in the fourth and it's not, and they haven't turned the game at the start of that half mm. of the quarter, he could easily sit forward on the bench. Let's move on to next week and let's give someone who's more of a 65 75% time on ground player a boost. Yeah. Um, so I think we do have to be super careful. The strategy that I I am looking at, if you can get away with it, is it's sort of twofold depending on your side. Yep. If you can carry players in round 10 because you are light on those four players, mm. I have no problem with someone bringing them in. Right. Because anyone you bring in outside of Essendon and Melbourne will cop a buy. Yes. If you can manage that because you don't have any of those players or you think, you know, looking at my team now, a lot of my rookies will still be in their respective sides by then, do it. At least you know you've got enough warm bodies to cover. You might not know what happens in the round 14 buy. None of us do. No. Maybe if you trade in, um, let's just say a player doesn't have a buy, let's just say you trade in Travis Boak. Yeah. Because you like Travis Boak and then in six weeks' time, He's Port Adelaide's got to buy with players you've got now you're down eight players yeah you know at least if you go well i'm actually okay in round 10 yeah i'm i'm totally i'm would you love to pick them off by three absolutely you would but i have no problem if someone really wants you know jake lloyd in, in round for a round 11 buy no problem. i'm okay with that because yeah. if you think you can manage it if you don't have many giants or swans anyone else you pick besides melbourne and Essen has a buy yeah and At it, least you know I can get through that round. Correct. And I've got Lloyd afterwards. So yeah. I don't just 
rule out players who have a bye coming up. No, it's very, very different to previous years as you're entering close to the buys because you're like, oh, I know this is coming up. But you also know where the other 17 teams are. We only know where a handful of teams are having their week off. And then for AFL fantasy coaches, something you've got to navigate through that's unique to the other formats is you can trade as many blokes in on those weeks as you want because you're just going to get their average score. So you might be looking at it going, geez, I'm feeling a little bit nervous about certain buy rounds. Well, they shouldn't matter to you about what's happening in round 10. You should be able to go, geez, what, what I'm getting from James Sicily right now, I'm absolutely loving. I'm going to trade him in. And you can bank his average score. Conversely, you can move away from somebody that's in a running hot form at the moment. I wouldn't be adverse to it in AFL Fantasy. Their last three-round average is really strong, but their season-long average is poor. I wouldn't be opposed to moving him in and out um, just through there to try to maximize the scoring on field. Yeah, I think I think these are the type of moves, MJ, that are going to get popular pretty yeah. quick. So I'm just going to put it straight out there now because I know we've already spoken about it. When I look at a guy like James Sicily in Supercoach, yep. I look at him and I say, this guy is in absolute red-hot form. Yep. As red-hot form as you can almost get. We're talking about a guy who's probably going to be close to 600K by the time his buy hits in round 10. Yep. Like, that is absolutely enormous. And he's playing at a level that is rightfully so. In his last, you know, three weeks, he's going at near 150. Yeah. Like, he, he is deserving of that price. But James Sisley is not going to average 150 for nope. the rest of the season. He's just not. In, in round five, he had a 44 against the Giants. And I saw some people calling for his head out of their team. He was averaging <laughs> 90 at that point. You know, he was averaging 90 and people wanted to drop him. When I look at a guy like Tom Stewart, who I can make 150K, maybe even 180K to go Sicily to Stewart, in a year where I have barely any confidence in the rookies that are still available. Yeah. And you think about how much... Like, we're talking about a 300K rookie. Curtis Taylor down to a rookie, and he's been one of the better cows. He's not going to make you that in Supercoach. So when I look at that type of move, and I think 180K from Sicily to Stewart gives me an extra body on the field that week also. Mm. And then I can redistribute that 180K. You know, maybe that gets you from a picket to a Mitch Duncan. Yeah. Like that's the type of move I think people are going to start realizing with the lack of confidence we'll have in cows, whether that be in for one week, out for another week, or just squads rotating so much that predicting their score is near impossible. People might be more, it might see more value in taking a premium that's at absolute top dollar and redistributing that with a rookie to have two very strong underpriced premiums. Mm. And the ones off injury are just absolute no-brainers. Yeah. Is there a line you wouldn't do that in? Like, are there players oh, the that you line, wouldn't... The ruck line, I would be very scared yeah. to do it in, MJ, because, as you know, it's a line that you can get stuck very easily. Yeah. At least if a midfielder goes pear-shaped, you can slide them down to where, mate, and they can usually, you know, be close enough. But the problem is when you look at a Grundy and a Gorn in particular, yeah. and I know I know Goldstein's been sensational, yeah. but you can really get caught in no man's land with nowhere to go. It's true. And, and I feel like that's a line that I probably wouldn't do it in. Yep. The only reason I'd do it is if it was, if a fixture came out and it said that Brody Grundy has around 16 by. Yep. And so that means he's going to play, you know, we're going to have to have an 18 round season now with these buys. Sure. 
that's what I'd probably do it because I'm thinking over a two-week period, even if Grundy goes 150, 150, that's 300 points, I can probably find someone if I've got the spare trade, like a Goldstein maybe, he can go 120, 120, 120, and then maybe I make 60 points if I needed that person on the field. But with so much season to go in those lines, I'm just risk-adverse to do it. Sicily, for me, just fits perfectly because he's extremely volatile. Yeah. He's just as likely to go 150, 150, 150, and then have a 40. Yeah. Which is funnily enough what his month was before, you know, that was what his last four games have been. It's been 44, 132, 149, and then a 160. And, and, you, and you always know in the back of your mind if you're a Sicily owner, is Clarko going to swing him forward? He swung him forward on, he the, did weekend, it on the weekend. And yep. he kicked a goal, and it was all good. But we know if this goes the other way, I, I would see, I wouldn't do this with a Doherty. Mm. Because the value for Doherty is not worth it. I'm not going to get much yeah. or enough, in my opinion, from a Doherty to a Stewart for this to be worthwhile. I'm talking about players, and there's not going to be many of them, mm. that are absolute top dollar, like just so overvalued. Is Hugh Greenwood in that category? He would be close to MJ. He doesn't have the buy. I'd be looking mm. at players in that next six teams that have a buy. Who do I think is good enough value, just overpriced for what they're delivering. Yeah. And I can get, and you need a substantial amount of cash. You yeah. want to be looking at this as, if I did a rookie down and I got 100K, this season a lot of coaches are happy with that. Yeah. That's sort of the minimum I'm talking about. You know, Brody Smith is another one who doesn't have a buy in this next block, had a stinker last week, straight away he was back on yeah. fire on the weekend. So he's not going to probably drop a whole lot. No. But you've got to try to generate cash in that manner. But as I said, it has to be someone that's overvalued. At Crips, unfortunately, you're probably stuck with it. Yep, I agree. I, I just don't see, at that price, why you'd move a guy like... Devin Smith in the forward yeah, line. It's, it's, it's just, it's a certain move, and it's probably going to be someone who, you know, you need to clear up some buys. If you're really, you know, if you've got Luke Ryan, Cicely, Doherty, Hearn. Sure. Like, that's the type of move where I'm thinking, I'm already down four backs. Yeah. If I move a Sicily on and free up that cash, I'd get an extra body on the field in a buy round. And I also might be able to get another rookie to a premium. Yeah, it's good. Especially when I know that Sicily is the type of guy that's, as I said, could come back to work. I mm. would be a bit more risk adverse if it was Lockie Neal with the buy because I do actually think he can probably continue on what he's doing. Yeah. I think just it's a, just a talking point, MJ. You know, these moves, Sicily could average 150, and I'd have egg on my face if Tom sure, Stewart was but, a 90 guy. But, but the logic is is what we're talking about. Again, here at the coaches panel, we never advocate for this is the move you must do. or Like, even the phrase must have, I'm not a big fan of. None of us here at the coaches panel are because it indicates that if you don't have this, well, you can't win it. There are so many different ways to get there. What we love doing here at the Coaches Panel is processing with you and having discussions with you around the logic, the reasoning, the thoughts you should be thinking, and then giving you as much information as we can to make good, informed decisions on the unique elements of your side and the unique objectives um, that are within your side. Um, I just think these next four weeks, even before we find out the other buy rounds, I, I actually think these next this next week is the one that tricks people up i think it's round nine and it's simply because people won't think about the fixture they won't think about who their targets are later in the week or the week following they won't think about where their emergency positioning should be 
or if they should be using it at activation at all um, or what their captaincy calls are and do they need to manage those expectations we've been hesitant in AFL fantasy and dream team for coaches this year we get a 90 and we think oh should I take it or should I not do coaches get adventurous and does it pay off or do they need to be more conservative and bank what they've got only hindsight's going to tell us what the right call is through there but I think this is the week more than any other week um, I think this is the one that catches people out yeah and that's it MJ no one has all the answers no. No, don't ever think everyone, anyone does it's just like we said Melbourne and Essendon they don't have a bite does it mean they'll all play every game for the rest not. of the year no but we know they will not miss one. If uh, they're. Definitely. Yep. Because they just don't have that bar. So at least if you're playing the percentages, you can say, well, Clayton Oliver has the most chance. He's got more chance than a GWS player to play every game. Yeah. Because he's got that opportunity. So Correct. you just got to think it through and give yourself the best chance. Again, no one's got the crystal ball no. to work it all out. But at least if you apply some of these ideas, you can give yourself the best chance. And I'm sure there will be some rookies that pop up and are great through the, during this No year. doubt. And, we'll, and we'll, we'll try to jump on them and we'll try to capitalise, but it is very hard looking at the teams. And teams have just become better at recruiting mature-age players, yeah. players from other clubs, and as a result, they don't start at bargain basement. So you know, you're going to have to take a chance on these guys that might be a higher price, which yeah. is obviously harder to make cash. So that's where I think a move like a Sicily down especially when they're on their buy, it mm. becomes super, super popular because you, in, down the track, you could even flip it back. You know, when, yeah. when Stuart has his buy, at least you maximize the people on the field that are scoring points. And yeah, the, the hardest part, MJ, I think for coaches, is going to be no visibility on teams. That's, That's just bit. really, really difficult because we're so used to at least knowing a good chunk of the weekend. Even last round, it was only really the Geelong Frio players that we didn't have much of a call totally. And when that news came out, there were some coaches that were caught out because of Stephen Hill. You know, he was out and he was popular. You know, people weren't, would have, maybe would have loved Bradley mm. Close in their team with that flexibility and price tag. But mm. they went for a porter. They went for someone else because they weren't even sure Close was on the radar to debuting at that point. Yeah. So that's going to be the stories. Of and the I year. just think there's going to be any long-term injury at this point of the year. Uh, even if it means, oh, you know, I can do that trade next week. Yep. Like we kept saying, just got to patch up the holes in that moment. Don't try to push it down the road because there's so much stuff coming at us. There's unknowns. That when you're handcuffed to a long-term injury because you push it off the next week because you're yeah. trying to save, you know, oh, I didn't want Curtis Taylor to drop 7K. Doesn't matter. Like, you had the injury. You know, you had the Matt Rowe. You had the Nat Fife. You know, it's okay. If, if Curtis Taylor loses 30, 40 grand, and he's there, and he gives you an option to keep playing, yep. it's probably not as much the end of the world as if you had Matt Rowe and Nat Fife on the bench, and now all of a sudden you've got Pendlebury out. Yeah. So like, that's what we keep saying. If you handle the problems in front of you, at least it gives you the most options the following week. Because if you push nice. it down the road, you already have to move on Pendles, yep. Fife, a Rowe. Yeah. And look, maybe you'll get some more trades down the road, but Make the most of what that's the best bit of advice we can give you. There's hopefully some good nuggets of gold that's got you through over this past half hour or so. But one of the best bits is work with the knowns. What you know, let that inform your decisions. The things that are to come. Will you get more trades? Probably. Let's be honest. 
Probably. Um, will you get more round three trades a week? Best 18? Probably. But know what you know now and control your controllables and do the best you can with what you have with where you are. It's the same in life as it is in fantasy football. Make it really simple and easy for yourself. I don't know, man. Like, I think there's a lot more we could discuss, but I feel like we should hold off on it there. There's some more episodes that are landing right throughout the week, but hopefully this is going to navigate you through the pre-elements before the first of these round uh, games drop for round nine. Thanks, Kane, for your work today, mate. No worries, MJ. Thank you. Uh, if you want to go check out some articles that are landing every couple of days at coachespanel.tv, you can go and check them out. Because it's a weird round, the break-even's right for the picking, everything you know and love. We're going to try to get that to you as quickly as we can, those resources to help you through this condensed and crazy fantasy footy year. If you're a Patreon member, thank you so much for your support. We greatly appreciate it. Extra content coming for you as well. And if you want to join our Patreon army, all the links are at coachespanel.tv. Well, these next five weeks, if not longer, friends, are going to be very different than anything else. We wish you well. We wish you luck. And we're here to help you every step along the journey.